KYW Original Podcasts. This is the Philly Soccer Show on Philadelphia News Radio's Greg Willingham with Philly Soccer page writer Mike Servadio. After a short break, we are back to talk about all the latest news with the Philadelphia Union. Well, everybody, we're back. <laughs> we're back. We're back, and sorry we missed you. We had some... As I mentioned, one of our faithful listeners scolding us for not being, uh, not recording any shows for a while. We had personal stuff. We we did some adulting though. We did some adulting. As, as, uh, as, you as, first. What did you do? I bought a house. Mike bought a house. Yeah, it's exciting. Lovely Germantown. In Germantown, yeah. Hopefully um, we'll, we'll be there in the summer. So come say hi. And yeah, I got some jewelry. Yeah, uh, Greg got married. <laughs> Greg got married. Congratulations, so I, I was. Uh, Planning, uh, uh, you know, kind of planning and working all the things that involved in that and then getting married and going away for a few days. And uh, so that kind of chewed up a bit of our time. So we're all grown up now. We're all grown up there, but we're back. And I hope not to take such a long break again this season because you're Philadelphia. Actually, they're in second place now. Second place now. But they have been in first place because of Toronto. Well, Toronto got that point. And yes. Yeah. Um, a DC got a point. A uh, DC, I'm sorry. DC got a point, so they they uh, pipped the Union for for top spot. But they're playing some of the best soccer I've seen the Philadelphia Union we're, ever play. We're in a weird reality where the Philadelphia Union is good. I don't know how we're going to do this podcast. I think it's going to be a lot different than any other podcast we've ever done before. <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, it is uh, for lots of reasons. Uh, so let's <laughs> so let's get into it. Um, this union team's doing things I have never really seen a union team do before, and that's find ways to win. Usually they would find ways to lose and squander opportunities and turn three points into one point, one point into no points. And now they just have this, you know, after the first couple of games, I mean, they just have this winning mentality now. Yeah, and I agree. It's 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 finding ways to win, and it's doing it in a couple of different ways. I think if, if we want to focus back on the the last three games, so going going back to Cincinnati, mm-hmm. uh, New England, and then most recently at Toronto, you know, Cincinnati. You look at that game; they kind of cruised to that one. They they yeah. didn't play particularly well. Um, it took till the second half to break through. It never felt like Cincinnati would score on the night. Um, and a second home game in a week against New England with maybe a couple of tired legs. It's the third game in the week. Um, rough opening half where I thought New England actually outplayed them and mm-hmm. the Union just turned up and, and turned up the class in the second half and scored five goals. Um, and then just an absolute statement win last week in Toronto. Was- uh, they go up to a team that's you know top in the, the East in points per game and they beat them on their turf. Yeah. And they do it, in, you know, I don't think you would term it convincing in the way that you saw that at home, but, you know, not a, an unfair result in any way. No, no, they went out there and they did what they needed to do. And I was talking to our good friend Matt DeGeorge from Delco Times, who, you know, covers the team very well. And we were kind of talking online. And basically I said, this team has another gear they can shift into. Because a lot of union teams, even the better union teams, the playoff teams, they kind of had one idea. That idea wasn't on. 
they didn't really have much to fall back on. And they would kind of, you know, get themselves stuck. Now they have options. They have the flexibility tactically to do what they need to do. And they have depth yeah. to, to make changes in game to make things happen. That's always been, you know, our criticism on the show is not making necessary in game changes to get results. Now, I mean, they do it constantly. <laughs> yeah, I th- it's been really impressive how they've been able to overcome some of the personnel issues um, between you know injuries and suspension. You know, I thought, you know, you know, uh, Kai Wagner, I think, has been one of the the players of the season so mm-hmm. far. He gets suspended for an absolutely ridiculous tackle. Yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and, you know, he, yeah. he ends up getting an extra game for it, so he misses two games. Olivier Mbizo comes in on the right and deputizes fine. I, you yeah. know, I, I didn't think he was terribly impressive in either performance. He ended up with an assist in the in the New yeah. England game. Yeah, it was a real, yeah, it was a really nice ball. It was, it was. Um, but you know, Gaddis did fine. Embiso mm-hmm. did fine. They they weren't bleeding goals out of the back. Right. So you know, I th- Marco Fabian's been in and out of the lineup. He's mm-hmm. been suspended. He's he's dealt with the injury. Brandon Aronson has been way above advertised and, and yeah. deputizing for him in that number 10 role. So I, these guys that are that are coming in on the, the second string almost are yeah. as good, you know, 1A, 1B type players instead yeah. of 2B. <laughs> yeah, and I, I hate to use the term because I think it's a little overused. I think mean, it came out of the Eagles a couple of years ago, next man up, but it's kind of what it is. It's yeah. like every, every time they kind of need somebody to go out there and get something done, you know, it's, it's the right move. Yeah. And... The, the one player I I, I don't have enough super, superlatives for is uh, Montero. He's been terrific. He is he's my kind of player because he's kind of a complete package guy, which I always like. Yeah. Like you know, and if you you know, I was thinking if he was a baseball player, he'd, he they would call him a five tool player because mm-hmm. he just has all the skills you need and, and and you know he's he shoots from distance, which I love because there's never a guy on the unit that yeah. can that can. That's willing to take a shot from distance. He could shoot from distance. You know, they were not even gone in, but he he always creates problems when he does it for yeah. the goalkeepers. And you know, he harasses guys. You know, ball carriers. He's good on the ball. He can move the ball. He's got a pretty good scoring touch. Yeah, he, he's um, and really, I mean, he saw a lot of things change when he came in the lineup because. He picked up a lot of defensive responsibilities from uh, Harris Madunian, and Harris was able to just do what he does best, which is just kind of sit there and dish the ball from deep and take the ball off the off the back four. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think I think you know individually he's been sublime. I think he's been yeah. absolutely terrific. I, and I think more importantly, he's even made the the players around him better. You know, I think mm-hmm. he, he's brought more out of Bedoya. I think you know I, I agree he's freed up a little bit of what Harris can do. Uh, defensively, um, and I, I, I even agree that I think that Harris has gotten better defensively yeah. himself just by having Montero on the field. Um, you know, he plays on that left side. I think he combines well with Kai Wagner. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you, you saw great chemistry with him and Casper Shabalko yeah. uh, on the on the game winning goal in Toronto. But yeah, I, there's there's not enough good things to say about him. Um, I, I think it was great news to hear that he'll be with the yeah. Union for the whole 2019 season when that came out yesterday. Um, Guy you'd probably love to have full time. I don't know the situation. You know, I think a lot yeah. of people were were jumping to conclusions yesterday that the the union is not willing to to bilk up the money for him. I, I don't know if that's the case. I, I think yeah, we'll find I, out more about that as we Nick, go along. Nick, uh, your guy Nick Fishman uh, broke it down pretty well. Like yeah. kind of the you know the things they got to do, the real the real life things they got to do to keep him. Yeah, which you know just kind of okay, what his salary structure is. Okay, what what the 
what the, you know, the transfer fee would be, what, you know, just kind of working through that and, you know, and just gauging what the player wants. I mean, that's also a factor. He seems to be happy here. He's flourishing. He's playing really well. Yeah. He's, he's a guy you don't know that much about, though. I mean, I think, you know, he comes from a second division French team where he kind of got frozen out when a new coach came in. Mm-hmm. Um, he played in Holland before that. He grew up in Holland. Yeah. So maybe a player that at even at 25 still has, you know, at least in his mind has two or three years that maybe he wants to play in Europe. I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I think we'll find out more as we go. Um, For sure. And if he continues to flourish here and he sees more of what this league is about, you know, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, picking up on, on Nick's article yesterday is, you know, you don't understand exactly where some of these guys come from in their understanding of what the league is. Mm-hmm. You know, did, did Montero come here thinking... You know, MLS is a, a league for older European players. Right. Is it a place where younger players are cutting their teeth? Is it a place that you can go for a year or two and come back to Europe with a better contract? I, right. I don't know exactly. Right, right. And that's all, a lot of stuff that's going to be kind of worked through the next few months, obviously. But but he's here now, and he's, yeah. he's, and he's something else. Um, yeah, and let's, let's talk about the uh, guy you just mentioned, Casper Shabilko. Yeah. Now we're finally well, saying his name yeah, correctly. Yeah, Casper Shabilko. Um, <laughs> I He's been terrific. Three goals, one assist in in two games. Um, you know, I think he has a little bit of that that Peter Crouch in him, where he's really mm-hmm. good with this, the the ball at his feet. You know, yeah. he's a little faster than you'd think he is. He moves for a big guy. He does. He, he and moves pretty sweetly. Really impressive against Toronto in the press. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think he's probably unlucky not to score in Toronto. He had a, a good shot saved. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the 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 run and then the pass on the the goal that Montero ends up yeah. scoring is absolutely terrific. I, lo- I love that movement. I mean, he's a lot of what I think a lot of people wanted CJ Sapong to be, he, being that point forward, the guy yeah. that you know can press and can hold the ball and can kind of create for other people. I think he's much more that guy. And I, you know, you, you hear some of the things that his play in practice. You know, he picked up a couple of injuries, so he would he kind of got a late start into the season. But his play, you know, training camp and in practice kind of made. CJ expendable, and that's how he ended up in Chicago. But um, he's a bit of a revelation, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, the the rumor was it that he was, you know, probably the the guy with the the best nose for the ball in the box, yeah. and I think that's been pretty apparent. You know, I yeah. think he can shoot. Um, I think he's good at seeking out the ball. I think he's good with the ball at his feet. He's good at bringing other players into into play. Mm-hmm. It's it's been really fascinating to watch, and it's it's been a huge surprise because I you know I think especially um, with the the uh, announcement of Sergio Santos, he was a guy that we were all looking for coming into the team to to be a, a new goal supply. Mm-hmm. And it's been Prisbalgo, who's yeah. a guy that's been here since last year. Shabalgo. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, I'll get yeah, better yeah. at it. We, we've, we, we've mastered Madunian and we'll get there with Shabalgo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, even even now Santos seems like he's starting to get online a little bit. I mean, he's had the injury problems, but he came in, he got the, he got the brace against uh, New England yeah. and look, looked really good doing it. Yeah, he, thought, se- he seems a little more of a, compared to Shabilko, maybe a little more of an opportunistic goal scorer. Like, he'll be there, kind of pick up the rebound, kind of kind of, kind of clean up the garbage a little bit. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see him start a match. Um, we, yeah, we, I, I'm I'd surprised. Love to, I'd love to see what he looks like for 60 minutes. Uh, I thought against Toronto, he struggled to get into the game. He only yeah. completed one pass. Um, and I, that was a difficult situation to come into. You know, I think the Union were up at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. Toronto was really pressing for a tying goal. Was, right, right. He, probably, not, he, wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't seeing a lot of the ball. Yeah, I mean, Toronto had a lot of ball at that point. They were really pushing. Um, but the things we hear about it, he's he's faster than Fafa Paco. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I thought 
the two goals that he scored against New England were, were terrific in the, yeah. in the ways that he followed up the play and, yeah. and found the ball. And he created a couple of other opportunities. Jim Curtin joked after that game that he thought he should have had five. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Santos himself, he was like, oh, I, th- I thought it more should have been four. Yeah, um, that's funny. But, you know, I th- that's the mentality you want your strikers to have. Right for forever, mm-hmm. you know, you want guys to think like, oh, oh you I want should to, have yeah. had a hat trick. Oh, uh, strikers, they're like they're like starting pitchers or yeah. wide receivers. They're guys that want the ball. I mean, you want your striker to want the ball, yeah, and that uh, you want the striker to be selfish and ruthless, and you, you want the hat, you want them to have that mentality that like that, like I said, that wide receiver mentality where they want the ball thrown to them every play. You want you want that mentality, you know? Yeah, no, I, it's going to be interesting. You know, I I hope that we see him for a sixty minute period soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be nice if they. Get, I, I was kind of surprised they didn't start after New England. I guess maybe maybe they, they want to go a little more familiar lineup, maybe slightly more conservative on the road against Toronto. Yeah, and, and you know maybe experiment a little more at home and then, you know kind of get work him into that. Yeah, and I don't know where his fitness either. True. Is either. Yeah, that's true. I, it's certainly against New England. You could see Jim Curtin yelling for him to continue to press. He mm-hmm. seemed to to tire a little bit. You know, he got another. 25 minutes or so against Toronto. So I think he's probably working up to it. You know, I think you're, you're, the game against Seattle this weekend might be a good opportunity yeah. to maybe rest Chabalco or, or even Paco and, and, and let him run around a little bit. I'm, I'm interested to see what the, the forward pairing might be in that game. Yeah. But, you know, I think probably Chabalco and Santos are a better, you know, kind of Santos and Paco in the same mm-hmm. role of, of being the faster pressing guy right. along with a bigger guy. Yeah, it's curious to see what they do. It's curious to see if Fabian. Where his fitness is at, I don't think. He's, yeah, he seemed like he had another little knock to the ankle yeah, that they mentioned. Yeah, he seems like you know just following things along on social media and such. He's, he's kind of putting some extra time in, just kind of working, getting trying to get back uh, into fitness. So you gotta kind of see where he's at if he's going to be again like he did in Toronto, give you sixty minutes, sixty five minutes. He gives you a full game. Is he going to start? So you gotta, yeah, you know, and then you got you got to see where he's at. I mean, I. I I think people are being a little premature about about the signing, uh, you know, the success or the failure of the signing. I think you know he's a fine player and he's a he, he's he's had success in his career and he's he'll have success here. And I think it's just it's, you know it's it's happening in fits and starts, injuries, suspensions. These things happen in, in the game. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the really unfortunate part about it is that it has been in fits and starts. You know, yeah. you, you saw a, a guy last year with um, why, why did I just blank on his name. Uh, Bork Doschkel, yeah, yeah. who took a couple of months to settle, yeah. and then really took on that center midfield position. Right. I mean, Fabian yeah. has had the months, but he, you know he's not been in the team even yet mm-hmm. in a consistent manner. You know, and I think you can see it when he plays. There's there's the, the little flourishes that mm-hmm. the passes that he's willing to try. You know, I think there's there's still some disconnects. There's there's chemistry issues. Right. That, that's just, those are things that happen when you don't right. play I mean, and, in and, matches together and, with your team that frequently. And I think it, it'll things like that will come. And yeah. you, you see his quality kind of like you said. You see his quality of every in, in certain moments and yeah. his his ability to kind of. And he, he's he's going to be. And I, and I said this when they signed him. He's he's, he's a different guy than, than Dutch Kell. Yeah, Dutch Kell's a guy puts a foot on the ball, slow things down, surveys the field. I mean. Fabian, he's a guy who wants to get the ball, move the ball, get forward, join the attack. Mm-hmm. Play, play, he's more. Um, he could be almost more a second forward, as you know, as opposed to what Dutch guy was, where he's more of the provider. You know. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I, you know, and you hope that he sorts out the the fouling. It's been a, it's been a, it's been enough of an issue that we need to talk about it. Yeah, it's, I a mean, a couple of. This has been a lot of inopportune locations. Um, what was the? Was it Cincinnati? Where he had a really bad foul outside the box yeah. at home. That was. Uh, Real bad foul outside the box. Um, 
had like three or four in Toronto in the same spot. Yeah, and then he didn't get called for the foul that Toronto ended up scoring on, right. but he had the ball during that play and didn't clear. Right, kind of got dispossessed and it was real sloppy. And then Bedoya is forced into a foul in a yeah. red area, and you know Toronto is very good on free kicks, and yeah. you give them enough opportunities, and they they finally cashed in on one. Yeah. Um. So, is it going to be something where he just tell like type of players like you don't just don't do anything there? Yeah, you're better off letting them shoot because fouling is 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 inopportune in those locations. Yeah, and and, and you got to think it's kind of. Goes back to some of the things we were talking about, and him not being quite as sharp, and him, right. you know, not being quite as integrated into the team as I think he would like. And maybe you're in a situation where you're trying to do too much. You're in a situation, you know, you know, you don't really trust the guy behind you yet, and so you feel like you got to make a play because you're not sure what's happening behind. You. If you get, you get beat, you don't know what's going on, and you know. And I think when all that kind of gets a little more gelled, I think that kind of the stuff we're seeing is going to go away. I, I hope so, yeah, and I and I agree that 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 certainly is the, is the way that it should go for him. Um, so player moves of which there were two. Yeah. Um, Derek Jones. Uh, well, first David Com, who looked like he was kind of rounding out some pretty good form. Yeah. Uh, gets moved to Columbus for a good chunk of change. Yeah. About half, well, a little less than half than what, what the union gave gave Chicago for him initially. Um. It's an interesting move. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and criticize Ernst Tanner because the man has not put a foot wrong yet. Yeah. And that and they're operating again. A lot of firsts for this team. They're operating. They're doing these things at a position of strength, which is extremely rare for them. Usually, they're making moves at a position of weakness or frantic. You know, trying to do something. Um. You clear his contract, but I think it's the bigger, almost as big a factor because he wasn't a DP, so it was a lot of money, a lot of money counting on your cap. Uh, you get nice chunk of change back for him. He gets an opportunity to play. You were playing him out of position. He was kind of wasn't thrilled about that. The system you have doesn't really work for him because he's you know naturally a wide player, right? And you're not really playing with wide players right now. But I thought. What was impressive about the move was the the little video that the union put out of Ernst Tanner explaining it. Yeah, um, and that's just a, an era of transparency that we've we've not seen from the union. And, it's and, I, and I shouted it out. You know, I, I I think that they're 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 trying this season to to, to make this more transparent. And you know, I think Ryan Schweppfinger reached out to me and mm-hmm. was appreciative that we we're yeah. No, it's it. great. I think it's great. I think we in the media appreciate. it. I think the fans appreciate yeah. it because they get an understanding of. What's going on? It's not this opaque thing that kind of was happening yeah. with, with, when Ernie was here where, you know, we would have him on and ask him questions and the most basic questions he would kind of dodge with right. us. And we're here. Ernst is proactive and telling you we made this move because yeah. X and we think this will make us more successful. Mm-hmm. And but, but the, and the explanation makes absolute sense. You know, yeah. you mentioned they're playing a guy slightly out of position. That they're, it's not a, a team that is going to play with a lot of wide winger play this yeah. year. Um, it just doesn't seem in the cards. Um, he wasn't starting most games, even yeah. even though he had a, a good run in the team where he scored a couple of goals in his starts. Um, so, you know, it, it felt like he wanted away a little bit in that, that manner. Yeah. It seemed to ask for that. Um, and they, they got a good chunk of change yeah. back. You know, 
you know half of what they spent, but but still a, a good amount of MLS money. Um, you probably think some of that money went to to paying Montero yeah. in terms of the salary money because um, it seems like he's on pretty high wages. P- plus, you get an international slot back, which yeah. is nice, and you're you're give, you know you're clearing out. His, uh, I don't know if they're picking up any of the salary, but I'm assuming you're at least clearing out most of it off your cap. Yeah, and with that with that money whether you're giving it to Montero or you're, you're banking it and with that slot and with that free cap space, you feel like there's a move coming. Yeah. Or at least, <laughs> and at least there's the ability to make a move. Right. You, you have some money for, for a player, both with transfer fee and salary. Um, you know, if you want to bring in another striker, if you want to upgrade a position in the summertime, I think that there's a lot more funds available than there has been in the past. Yeah. And, and that, I think that's, Tanner has said that more than once. Flexibility. Yeah. That's what he wants as player personnel person. Flexibility and the ability, if there's a need, to address it in the best way you can mm-hmm. and not let that need kind of fester, which is nice yeah. because we've gone through years, they need a striker. They're not getting a striker. They need a number 10. They're not getting a number 10. You know, we've gone through years like that. And now you get the feeling if something crops up, you have the ability to kind of fix it yeah so and uh Derek Jones gets moved I mean it seems like something good for player and club um, I think so and, and I, there's a couple of ways to look at this I think I think Derek needed a change of scenery uh you know Ernst mentioned in the uh when they traded him that there's some off the field issues um and we've heard murmurs of that for for a couple of seasons without specifically knowing what that mm-hmm. means um so Maybe working with a new coach, maybe being in a different city. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. I think, you know, just a new environment helps him. And he plays in the USL for the rest of the year, shows what he can do with this national team that's going to make the move into MLS next year. And he, this is, and, you know, beginning of the year, we asked Jim, and Jim was very positive about a lot of people we talked to him about and we asked him okay you know i think it was one of the last last questions we asked him okay where where did derek at and he was very much derek's got work to do yeah and and you know and derek's kind of he was kind of in this tweener spot where the team was shifting and really improving how they dealt with younger players but he was kind of on the tail end of the they still weren't quite good at it so he was kind of in that kind of in that transitional space so i don't know if he got lost a little bit in that but at some point the players got to kind of take some responsibility and and really step up so and he was a player i really wanted to see more of and wanted to get on the field but i think like you said i think like jim and and ernst have said you know this is the opportunity for Derek to play you know they got value some value for him not a ton but i think for what he was at this moment they you know they got a little bit for him instead of just nothing, releasing him or whatever. And he's got an opportunity now to like prove that he can play and, and work himself back in the MLS. Yeah, and I, I think this is a good opportunity in that way because I think he showed well for Bethlehem for for periods when he's been yeah. down there, um, but he's not been as consistent when he's been up with the, the senior club and playing with the union. So you, you get another year, full year at the, the USL level, and if, if he can succeed at that level, you, you favor him to, to be involved in the, the MLS team mm-hmm. when they, they become part of the, the league. Um, and if he doesn't, 
you know, maybe he proves himself to be a good USL player. There's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. No, you know, I mean, some, some, some guys reach their ceiling there. If that's his, yeah. And um, a lot of people, <laughs> there's so many reactions on Twitter. People are angry. How do you give up on a player? And again, going back to some things that Tanner had said, the academy is for two things, either getting players to get on the first team or having players that you can sell. Mm-hmm. And I look at it, I mean, if you look at it more through the prism of like a minor league baseball system where it's either guys you could get to the Phillies or prospects that you can use to get value, then that's fine. And if that's, uh, you know, there was the pie in the sky with Nick said it and Ernst uh, and Ernie said it, you know, we want 11 guys, academy guys. Ajax doesn't do that. No, One no, of the best academies in the world. Barcelona, who's you know academy, it's almost impossible. Yeah, you know, who's got you know those two you know two of the best academies in the world don't do that. And it's it's nice to talk about. If you could get four or five guys, that's, that's amazing. That's a huge. That's huge that's thing. you know you're really doing something right. Well, I mean, just, I mean, if you want to look at look at the Premier League champions, Manchester City, they they had one homegrown player kind right. of floating around their club for most of the season. Right. I mean. <laughs> Everybody was talking to poor poor kid just got hurt, but Loftus Cheeks for uh, Chelsea, sure, yeah. who who is a homegrown guy and yeah. play for the national just team. One, one, two guys involved <laughs> right. in the senior squads and the right. best teams, right? But and that's the thing. And I, I tweeted this after the the Jones trade is this is a little bit of a growing up process for the club too, because some of these these guys coming through the system are not going to catch on in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Some of them are going to be a little late, and they might go to USL for a year or two after coming through the Union Academy and catch on with another MLS yeah. team. Some some might go to Europe at some point. You know, you might see 16, 17, 18-year-olds leaving the club to go to Europe. But that, if you're doing that and you're getting value for them, yeah. that's still a win. Exactly. If you're able to get something back for these players that you're you're creating instead of just throwing them to the wind, you're getting a value back, then yeah. you're doing it right. Yeah. You know, you're, 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 and like I said, you look, look at it through that prism where these guys are prospects and either they make you good on the field or they make you good because you're getting money for them or players back or something that you need, then that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, if you keep, you know, keep that pipeline going and keep, keep that system, replen- keep replenishing that system, then you're doing it right. Yes, I you agree. Know? We'll see if they can sustain it. I mean, we see, we'll see if there's other players that, you know, in two years, if it's Austin, where you could get a million dollars for Austin, he goes to a he goes to a Dutch team or something like that, or or or, or maybe a, you know Bundesliga two team or one you know or a yeah. mid table Bundesliga team, you get a couple million dollars for him or something like that. We'll see. You know, well, I think even beyond that too. You know, when you look down the pipe and you you look three to five years away, the next Austin Trusty, right. the next Brendan Aronson, mm-hmm. some of those guys might not suit up for the senior club. Right. They might move to a, a good. European team at sixteen, right? At seventeen, and you still might get a million dollars. You might get two million dollars, right. and that is still the win. And you might get attached to some of these guys. You might see them in Bethlehem and be like, "Oh, I can't wait till this guy gets right. to be up with the Union." It might never happen. Yeah. It's going to be the reality of it. But again, I mean, hopefully, that, yeah, yeah. And it's and that if that's the way this team has to compete, you know, that's that's the way they got to compete. Yeah, and it's fine. I mean, they got to they got to find a way to compete. They got to find a way to get success and sustain it. Yeah, if that's the way they're doing, that's the way they're going to do it. What else we want to talk about? Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the game coming up this weekend. Yeah, Seattle. Uh, Seattle, a uh, nice uh, top of the table clash. I mean, two mm-hmm. of the best teams in the league right now in terms of uh, points. 
Um, Seattle played last night um, and and probably got on a plane today. I would think, yeah, to get to get out here. They played they played what I would consider their their top eleven last night. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how they they switch up their squad after traveling across the country with three games this week. Right, and we you know we know the perils of MLS travel. It's, yeah, it's chronicled by our own Ali Bedoya. But I mean, you know, the, but the the saying is always true. You play the team that's in front of you. So the Union has to look at this as another big matchup. You know, similar to the game against Toronto, mm-hmm. where you're facing another top team in the league. A lot of people are rating the Western Conference as a better conference than the Eastern Conference this year. Yeah, and so it's a nice task for the Union to to go up against another really good team and prove themselves. This yeah, week. I mean, and, and I forget if it was on Twitter or somebody, but somebody's like, well, they have to consistently beat these Western teams. It's well, if you get. A, this is a good spot to do that because you're getting a good Seattle team at home, but a Seattle team that you know played last night, played played a lot of their best guys, hopped on a plane, or you know going to be all kinds of messed up jet lag. Then they got to roll out and you know gets against a really good Union team. Yeah, so yeah, it'll be interesting. And you know, and you know they did the one. Uh, well, they made two West Coast trips. The LA, the LA game was kind of throw out, man. They they just. They did not have the the robot agreement yeah, in that no, game. No, no, I thought the, the the referee didn't help them out. Um, I thought they played poorly in the first half. They grew into the game. They never felt like scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the games of Vancouver, I think, is a little bit different. You, even though that you looked at that as a game that they they probably could have gotten a result yeah. in because Vancouver wasn't in good form at the time, and, and since has improved. But they they went out, and grinded out a good draw. Yeah, and and, and had. Probably a couple opportunities to win, and it was probably more open than a really some of good the other point. Union games. Vancouver's tough to play because they play on that that awful field. Yeah, and you know they're always kind of a decent team. I mean, they they have a lot of problems this year, they, or at least they did. But you know, Vancouver, I think, is one of tougher trips to and, go. Yeah, I think a lot of it. It's a far it. trip. Too. It's a far trip. It's a bad field, and you know yeah. it's always a competitive game. So if you, you walk you take out, the of point, point out of there, yeah, I and mean, we'll see. I think they have LAFC here this year. They right? do. So that's That's going to be a fun that's, matchup. Yeah, that's good. You get them here. Yeah. Because that's a cauldron out there, man. Um, I, I, can't, I am dying to see a game in that stadium. That Peter, is, Peter Andrews saw a game there, and he said it was terrific. I, I've, I've said this more than once, that that is the only stadium in the league that I've seen on TV, and I've been like, i got to go there. Yeah. That's the stadium I got to see. Maybe we take a podcast trip there. Yeah, we should. We'll get it funded by. Does KYW want to pay for sure. that? Sure. Yeah, they, no? they, 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 I'll, I'll ask my boss. He'll, he'll cut me a check. It's You're, fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume the soccer podcast is keeping the, oh, the we got, station we got, in, absolutely. in the well, green. Absolutely. Right? I'm burning through my budget over here. <laughs> Nothing. Um, I, I, well, I'll, I'll get the Philly soccer pitch budget to yeah. cover the other half. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so this is a good test. I, and it, it I think is. it'll be a good good game. And you know, Seattle never kind of struggles here anyway. I mean, they're, they're, you need to have good results against yeah. Seattle. I'd love to see. I don't know what the the all time matchup is, but I think at they've home, gotten a couple they, of results out there. We've, yeah. They've beaten them home a couple of times. So yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see. And they haven't. They should have most of the squad too. I think Andre Blake looks like he's going to be back. Um, there'll probably be an injury update yeah. tomorrow. Um, so that but Carlos Cornell has looked. Pretty solid. Cornell's look really Matt, good. Matt, Matt Fries was good in the, yeah. the, the two appearances that we saw. Yeah, Cornell's look, look good. Is, I think, is I think good you're, enough. Com- you're comfortable with either of those guys, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, and this this is kind of the, the meat of your, your schedule now where you have all these home games. This is where you kind of kind of kind of make your season. They're doing it so far. And you gotta look at it, they haven't played DC yet. Mm-hmm. Haven't played Red Bulls yet. Haven't played NYCFC yet. So they have all these it's so back end it where you have all these, you know, your big Kind of rival teams, quote unquote, coming up. Yeah. So if you, you that game against DC is going to be fun. 
it's end of, end of July. Yeah, that's going to be, uh, I think, hammer and tongs. But yeah. if you, you know, you get this home run here and you bank all these points, you give yourself a little bit of cushion where, yeah. where you, you, you know, they're going to have a lull. I mean, you run in, you run into it. You know, NYCFC is not very good, but you end up playing that. Yeah, yeah, that pitch that, that ridiculous pitch that they play on. So that's always tough, and they always have kind of some issues there. You know, and you know, DC and Rebels, they're not, they're never gimmies. They're always tough games. They're always, you know, blood spilled, and you know, it's always a battle with those two teams. So, uh, yeah. So if you can get these points now, you you have that cushion where, you, where if you got a tough game where you maybe you drop two points at home against the DC or. You know, you have a tough game against New York at uh, what do you call it? At, at, you know, Yankee Stadium, ridiculous. Uh, you 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 have this leeway now. Yeah, no, it, it's it's been huge for them to to get the results that they've had so far. Mm-hmm. You know, you've looked at the games that they should win and they've won. You know, I think a couple of people mentioned it with the New England game where you you watch that first half of that game and you're like, oh, you're, you're feeling this like that <laughs> that, that that union dread of yeah, like. Right. This is a game that you thought they would win easily, and that's going rough, and they're going to lose two one. It, it didn't turn. It turned out that way. It turns out the union helped to get the entire uh, New England <laughs> front office fired, fires, yeah. and Burns and and, and uh, what's his name Friedel and yeah. uh, Bruce Arena is back in the league, yeah. so that's fun. <laughs> but you know, this game against Seattle this Saturday, you look at a game that that, that should be three points. Yeah, I think so. I think I'll, I'll go two one. If we want to do a prediction real quick. Yeah, I think one one nil or two nil. Yeah. Take. Yeah, I, th- I think I'll take that. And uh, yeah, and I, I think um, it's going to be a pretty game. The podcast that's all soccer all the time. It's what's new on the soccer scene every week on the Philly Soccer Show, hosted by KYW's Greg Orlandini. What was the experience like for your first home game? It's always interesting to hear from players that come over from Europe. They, they don't have it like here in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we get a little more real for us tomorrow as well. Was that the coldest soccer game you've ever played in? Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> Join the thousands who hear the Philly Soccer Show on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. I'll put this out there, and uh, we've had guys from Sons of Ben on before, and I'd like to get somebody on this show. I know we're going to have we got some topics we're kind of ha- we've been talking about for the. Gold Cup break, uh, yeah. maybe this could be one of them. Kind of reaching out to the Sons of Men, having, having a couple of those guys, one or two of those guys on the talk. But uh, your guy Jim Lowry, uh, Jim O'Leary. O'Leary, sorry, um, kind of wrote an article. <laughs> I kind of got some people's hankles up about uh, about. I, I think attendance generally and Riverend specifically down at Talon. Uh, yeah, I I don't know what to do about the attendance, and there's smarter people than me working on it. And uh, you know, this is a good team. This is a fun team. This is kind of you know, I know people. A lot of people have been burned by this team, but you're starting to see with a lot of the stuff they talked about. Maybe we're starting to see the payoff. I think there's that feeling, and they're winning, and they're winning well, and there's good personalities on this team. And Coach Curtin's a guy you could get behind for a lot of reasons because he's a good guy. He's a local guy, and he's much like you know, you know another guy that's gotten a lot of grief coaching is like Brett Brown. I think he he you know he went through he went through a lot of trials with yeah. his team and went and went through a lot of grief and he, you know he's in a position where he could be really successful with his team. Yeah, it's it's difficult because you know I think a lot of, for for those who have been going to the stadium for a long time, 
you know what the stadium feels like when it's popping. Mm-hmm. When when the Sons of Ben section is full, when the atmosphere is fierce, when when teams struggle to play here, and it's not felt like that for at least two seasons, yeah. and, and for a variety of good reasons, you know, for, from the fan perspective, the team has been underachieving. They yeah. they, they they still haven't won a playoff game. They've they, they have no trophies. Um, so. The drop in attendance is is expected, but the atmosphere has definitely felt flat this year. Yeah. I don't. The weather hasn't helped for most no, of the home no. games that we've had. <laughs> um, Saturday looks like it's going to be a decent day, so yeah, I'll be I interested so. to see nice. what that looks like for for finally a nice Saturday evening game. Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't want to heap onto the Suns of Ben, but the Suns of Ben section has been noticeably empty. And you know, I think I, I agree. I'd, I'd love to have some of the guys on here yeah. and 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 talk about what's going yeah. on there and, and going on with supporters groups for the union. Yeah, if any of you guys are listening, some of the leadership people, um, you know, reach out to us. We'd we'd like to have yeah. you on. I'd li- I'd like to reach out to you guys and just kind of talk about what's going on and you know the good things that and Sunderbunds does a lot of good things and you know they're community oriented mm-hmm. sports group as as a lot of them are in the league, but they I mean they definitely are and they you know they they want they want to do good for the team and for the area and all, all that, but. Yeah, it, it, it's you know the, the, the tenants has been lacking in that area. That the tenants has been lacking in the stadium in general, and yeah, you know, and there's just some off the field things that you know with the just location of the stadium, you know, the public transportation. If you want to get there from the city, and you're not, you know, a lot of people in the city don't drive or drive, you know, limit don't you know have limited access to a car mm-hmm. or whatever. And they want to take public transportation, and that that can be a bit. Yeah, it could be. It could be. That could be a mountain to climb for for a lot mm-hmm. of the fans, and you know, it, it's just it's it, it's curious. Yeah, you know, I I don't know what the, the magic bullet is because you always say it's winning. Uh, winning solves it all, but I mean they're winning now. Yeah, you know, and they're coming off a playoff year and and all of that. And well, I'm interested to see as we get into the summer, and and I guess maybe specifically after the Gold Cup break, yeah. it feels like everything is is kind of building up to a you know a couple of weeks off but you know how how does attendance rebound if the team stays good yeah um you know i think we've we've been around a Phil, the philadelphia union when they've they've put together games particularly in the middles of seasons and and then kind of backed into the playoffs a couple of times yeah if they can stay consistent and stay towards the top of the table does right. that change things i don't know i, I think it'll help i'll be interested to see because I think the longer you're at the top of the table and the longer you're consistent, I think the more real it seems. Yeah. And if you're guaranteed, you know, getting to your position where you can guarantee a home playoff game, that's something you can build around because mm-hmm. you have something to point to that you have this big thing on the horizon and we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to have a home playoff game. It's going to be big. We're going to play DC. We're going to play whoever and uh, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Again, I, I I don't know because, and all these real world issues that were off the field issues that were talked about were there five, six, seven years ago when the place had nineteen thousand people in it. Right when it had, I I still point to the Cleberson goal, mm-hmm. that free kick he took against mm-hmm. Toronto, as one of the loudest mm-hmm. sports environments I've ever heard. I've been to Flyers games and Eagles. Phillies. I've been, you know, I've been in the Yankee Stadium, I've been Mass Square Garden. I've been to, you know, some some cool, you know, some cool venues. That was just the crowd, not just the river, and the whole crowd in unison, screaming and cheering and stomping. Like 
you know, we were in the press box. The press box was swaying because just that human energy was just going around that stadium after that goal, that amazing goal. So that potential is there. And I think that's the, the frustration that some people feel with it, too, that if, if you've been there for those games, yeah. you want that all the time. Yeah. You, want, you want that as a fan. You, I want that as a journalist. Mm-hmm. The players want that as, as players. The coaches want that. The, 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 the union front office wants that. Everybody wants that. Mm-hmm. So the team staying good is, is one of the paths there. I think we need to figure out the other paths to make mm-hmm. sure that, that it comes back that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I, I, I think just because you know it's people have been burned for so long, yeah, and lived through the you know the Sakavich years where so many things were promised, but not a lot of those promises were kept, and you know dodgy, strange player moves and things like that, and and you know. But now you, I mean, you're, you're, they function like a team now. They yeah. function like a professional sports team where you have a guy like, you know, you had Ernie here who, who facilitated a lot of things with the academy. Now you have a guy like Ernst who's a wheeler dealer and, and is, wants to, wants to make this team better at, at just about any cost. And, you know, you, 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 you still have the ownership that's not as spendy as the other ownership, some of the other ownerships. But even that, even you look at NYCFC that has all the money in the universe, they're not spending like they were a few years ago. They don't have the, an equivalent to Frank Lampart on their team mm-hmm. right now or, or any of that. And I think one of the other things, too, that I think will help bring the fans back that we mentioned a little bit before is the, the increase in transparency that, yeah. that a lot of the fans have been craving for so mm-hmm. long. And, you know, you, you saw the video that Ernst put out after the David Acom trade and then... You know the 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 roundtable Ernst did mm-hmm. last night or two, two nights ago. Two nights, uh, two yeah, nights. Or earlier this week, but yeah, which um, was sounded really informative from what we've read on Twitter. And I know that that uh, that ended with Adam, our good friend Adam, can asking, "What can the union do to be more transparent? What mm-hmm. do you guys want to to see from us?" And just the fact that the club is out there asking the question right. now, it, it, it's huge. I think, I, and I think, you know. It's it's hard, you know. It's 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 the tanker boat. It's hard to turn around. Mm-hmm. So I I think you know, but I think that they're at least turning in the right direction now. I I, I think so, and yeah, I hope so. And I, I hope people who are listening to this think we're going soft. Is I mean we've <laughs> <laughs> we've pounded this team for years, yeah. on variety of issues, yes. But you know, we're, when they're doing good, we're going to sit here and tell you they're doing good. Yeah, I, and and I, gonna, I think I think we we've you know. Uh, from podcasters to journalists yeah. to to fans, we we've all earned enjoying the ride like we have this season. <laughs> For so sure. it's, it's nice. Yeah, no, it's nice. it's it's nice to talk about a team that's kind of in this position. So yeah. uh, we'll wrap it up on that. You want, uh, do you, do you want to talk a little European soccer before we do this? Real just, quick. Just, just because I want to go back to those two Champions League semifinals. Yeah, how do you not love this sport? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, and, okay, and, if you're not a Liverpool fan, whatever. If you're not a Tottenham fan, whatever. If you're, yeah. if, if your team lost, I'm sorry. Yeah. But that that was amazing to see. Those are those are terrific soccer games. The, both amazing. of those second legs. Yeah, um, uh, uh, you know, just the unpredictability of. I mean, Ajax was through with seconds left. Yeah. And and Spurs were able to score. Yeah. Barcelona. Uh, everybody thought Barcelona was dead. Uh, Liverpool was dead. And they they come storming back, yeah. And you know now you you in both 
European competitions. You have four Premier, uh, yeah. four English team. You have Chelsea, Arsenal, and the in the Europa, and you, you know you have Spurs, Liverpool. It's you know it, it almost feels like a little bit of a rebound for the Premier League, which was not producing the top quality European sides for what felt like a couple yeah, seasons. I mean, I mean there was because Real had their run, and then Juventus started. Yeah, you know, I mean, and it's funny to think like I, our. You know, not even arguably, the the champion of England is not even involved in the European finals too, right. and, and I don't think that many people would argue that that is the best team in England, in, in Manchester what City. A, yeah, what an amazing season that was. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, um, I mean, I mean well, Liverpool had what ninety five points, yeah. and they. I mean, you think you they would have won the league every other year of the Premier League forever? Yeah, you ninety five points, lost one game, ninety five points. Yeah, you lose one game, ninety five points, and you don't win the league. That's just. I mean that tells you everything you need to know about yeah. that season. I mean, as a, as a as a neutral, I, mm-hmm. I don't consider myself a fan of any of the the top teams in England for yeah. sure. <laughs> Reading finished what forty sixth in the league. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you want to go into the in second the top division. flight, yeah, or in the yeah in the, in the football league. But um, that was fun to watch. You and, know? Then, and then you have the playoffs, and then you have the playoffs <laughs> and a championship. Oh man, so especially when Leeds loses. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm grinning through my teeth. Right, you. I mean, I Leeds do not look, like Leeds. Leeds look like they were going through. Yeah. And, and, and what a crazy game that was! And yeah, you know, it was a derby. As, co- as, yeah. a, as a person that follows the, the championship really closely with with my team, Reading being down there, right. what a league the championship is! Like, if you don't follow that league, it's it's, it's so topsy turvy. You, know, you you go on a streak of three wins per- and you're in the playoffs, and you lose three and you're in the relegation zone. I, I think there's this perception that since it's the second division, it's not entertaining. Yeah. Where it's more I, entertaining it's still, in so many ways. It's I mean, you still have teams in there with quality. I mean, you've had Vaston Villa down there for a while. Leeds, mm-hmm. who was one of the big teams mm-hmm. in not only England, but in Europe at one point. You know, down there and yeah. they're, they're you fighting. You see teams come out of that league that are successful in the Premier League. You know, Wolves came up last season, were terrific this yeah. year. Bournemouth is, you know, came all the way through the football leagues right. and was in League Two and almost out, out of the football league five years ago. And you got to think that the championship's going to be wide open next year because the team's coming down. You don't have like a Newcastle or West yeah. Ham or, or, yeah, you know, not, the bigger a, a, clubs. A, not like one of the bigger Hutter, clubs. Huddersfield is the championship side. Uh, yeah, Huddersfield. Fulham, I mean, Fulham who were not good at all, who didn't no. really you know, show up. Uh, Huddersfield Cardiff, and Cardiff, who was surprising to get promoted two seasons ago, right? And even more surprising to stay up last year, right? And you know, so you got those three teams going down. So you don't have like the bigger team yeah. kind of blocking the top. So you got to think that league's wide open next yeah. year in a lot of ways. Yeah, and then you have bigger teams coming back up from League One too. You, right. You mean you you'll have uh, you know a team like Portsmouth or Sunderland possibly. Wow. Yeah. Um. So it's it's, it's fun. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's 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 always an interesting league, and so the the play, the playoff is coming up. Uh, the playoff final. The yeah. It's the biggest. You know, the richest game in the world. Or yeah. No, Aston Villa versus Derby County. I, I got to, you know, Aston Villa has been the better team in that. Yeah. In the and, league and all season. They, were, they had a really good run at the end of the season. They've been in good form. And the, the top flight, the Premier League doesn't feel right without Aston Villa in it for some. I mean, Aston Villa. Yeah, I mean, they're from a big city. They're from Birmingham. They're a big city. You know, they're they have a big club. Big history. Big stadium. You know, they have history. They have good fans. They won the Premier League. So. You know, Dar- it would be interesting with Dar- if Darby comes up, what they can do. You know, kind of and a Frank new- Lampard, Lampard there, kind of a new life. Uh, you know, and kind of kind of new life breathed into into that team a little bit with Lampard. Because last time they were up, they were terrible. Yeah. So you know, you'd think they would have a little better showing coming up. 
Yeah, um, and that's a team that has more money than they did the last time, and they were in the Premier right, League, right, so they exactly. would probably go out and spend um, yeah, three they or were, four players. They, they were really bad. I, I think MLS team's going to beat that Derby team. That back was a bad Derby That was a really, that was a really, really bad team. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's fun. It's always, you know, it's why we love this game. and yeah. Because the, there's so many layers to it. It's not, you know, so many things kind of always going on with it. And we, we watched the, the last weekend of the Premier League last weekend. Me and, me and my wife watched the a little bit, and... You know the the game ends and she's like, "Oh, European soccer is over for the season." I was like, "No, there's yeah. still Champions League final, Europa right. League final, and then yeah. preseason starts four weeks after that." Yeah, right. and she just sighs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, the last minute I'm going to get in about my Arsenal. Uh, be nice to get a trophy. Yeah, this year. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's, you know, kind of a rebuilding year. It, it's some, absolutely some, some good things, year. things, some bad things. Uh, uh, you know, really kind of. Missed the opportunity to grab a top four space at the end of the season. I think they it did. didn't feel like anybody wanted no, that top no, four nobody space. Nobody wanted. It. I mean, and United are on the outside looking in too. Yeah, and, and Chelsea. And that kinda, always feels nice. Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> Chelsea just kind of scraped in into that top four yeah. spot, and uh, uh, it'll be an exciting final in the Europa League too. I'm looking I forward. Think, to it. Yeah, Chelsea I, I, Arsenal is always a fun game. Two two teams very familiar with each other. Yeah. Two teams with not a lot of love between yeah. each other, and I think that are playing. I, I I think this isn't an also ran trophy. I think they are playing. Because they're both teams that are rebuilding, I think they see this as a rung in that rebuilding. To be able to acquire talent that wants, yeah. I mean, to have a Champions right. League spot for next season is and, and, huge. You know, it's it's it, it, you want to get that winning mentality back, and mm-hmm. you know, it would be nice to get in the fourth. And there's always a joke with you know the later Vanger years was you know fourth place is the most important thing. People remember trophies. Yeah, nobody remembers fourth place. Mm-hmm. People will remember if they if they beat Chelsea. You yeah. know, people remember those things. So mm-hmm. you want to, no matter what happens, you always want the trophy, I think. Yeah. If you have an opportunity to win a trophy, you go you out there, you, go, you grab it. Yep. And uh, I think the Champions League finals are going to be amazing. And I think the Europa League finals are going to be great. Yeah. So. No, I'm looking forward to both of them. All right. And we got and Women's World Cup, too. Oh. Women's World Cup coming up. Ah, oh, what a great. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> I love this sport. I love this sport. <laughs> um, and, and Arsenal just have to buy every defender available. <laughs> That's that's my plan. All right, I want to thank everybody uh, for listening, for patiently waiting for us. Like we said, you know, at the beginning of we're the show, all, we're all grown up now, we're, so there'll be less had, adulting coming through the summer. The, we'll be here more consistently. Right, hopefully. right. We got all the adulting out of the way earlier, so we're going to be here a lot more. Uh, thank, thank you for your patience. Uh, thank, thank you as always for listening and interacting with us on Twitter. And it's yeah, always cheers, a lot of fun with you guys. And thank Mike for coming in. We'll, we'll uh, be back next week. We'll have a guest and uh, talk more about the union, all the upcoming fun stuff. So we'll catch you next week. <laughs>